and welcome to the Driver Hire podcast. My name's Tony from Driver Hire Croydon and Sutton. Hello, I'm Gary from Driver Hire in Colchester. We represent two of Driver Hire Nationwide's network of over 100 offices, and we decided to get together to create a series of regular podcasts for people who want to know more about Driver Hire, but principally to provide hints, tips and tricks to help our drivers be the very best that they can be. Hi Gary, how are you doing? Very well Tony, another good week. Oh, good for you, yes, excellent. Um, this week we're going to have, um, I, I suppose quite pertinently, um, as the weather's changing now and it's getting a bit colder, uh, we thought we'd have a chat um, this week about winter driving and the kind of things that you, you need to do differently. So particularly in terms of uh, your driving style and the checks you need to make to your vehicle and the preparations you need to make before you go out. But I suppose, really, what I wanted to talk about first was just, you know, why is winter driving such a problem in this country? I I think it's because we don't really get much really adverse weather. So we're kind of not geared up for it. Yeah, I agree totally. I went to Iceland a few years ago and they had the heaviest snowfall they've had in 50 years. And their transport didn't stop. They didn't have any snow chains on, nothing like that. And I was on a bus and I thought, we'll never got to get to some of these places. But he'd done it so well. And I spoke to the driver afterwards. And I said, well, how do you do it? He said, I'm just used to it. Mm, we get caught out by it because so many drivers here aren't really used to driving in those conditions. I'd use my daughter as an example, or even my son, because he'd been driving even longer. He's just turned 21. Um, and I think if he's seen snow properly on the roads in the last three years, it'd be once or twice. And we're just not used to it as a nation. For sure. So um, the vehicle checks then, I mean, you know, we, we, we've talked about this before, but vehicle checks are, are critically important. So the daily walk around check for a driver before he goes out, but even more so in the winter. One of the things you should always check is your screen wash. There's nothing worse than trying to clear your, your windscreen when it's frozen or half frozen or whatever it is. Clean it when you're going along. And having nothing in there except water, and it freezes when it hits the windscreen. Mm. But I've got a little story for this one, Tony. Um, when I'm back in Germany, when we did have proper snow and everything else, they had more, much more climatic weather where I was. Um, it was cheaper to put vodka in your windscreen wash <laughs> than it was um, screen wash because we got it duty free and everything else. We were buying a bottle of vodka for about a pound, and um, I wouldn't condone doing that now. But that's what we done at the time because it wouldn't freeze. <laughs> yeah, so you uh, you certainly don't want to be pouring expensive vodka in your screen wash bottle. But it's important to note that the antifreeze properties within windscreen wash is not the same as the antifreeze that you need to put into the coolant system. In fact, if you did put coolant system antifreeze into your washer bottle, that would be stripping the paintwork off uh, you know, as, it, as it ran down the windscreen. So, um, so antifreeze is also something you need to make sure you've got in your vehicle. Um, I actually had a Mark III Ford Escort, Gary, back in the day, I think early 90s, and I had completely forgotten to put antifreeze in after I'd done some work on it, forgotten all about it, got to the winter, and the heater matrix froze. And the car ran fine until, until the heater matrix defrosted um, on the M25. Um, so I got water all over my feet and the car ground to a halt, and that was the end of that. 
you killed that one off. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yes, uh, d- don't um, don't neglect antifreeze. Yeah, very, very much so. When you're when you're um, and you've got you know, really cold weather and your vehicle's iced over, covered in snow, really important when you're clearing the the, the snow and the ice off, uh, don't use hot water on the windscreen because that instant temperature change from from freezing to hot could and, and does crack windscreens. Tiny little stone chip when you put some of that boiling hot water on will soon turn into a big <laughs> crack and uh, won't be usable. Yeah. yeah, and and also, you know, if you do need to clear the, the windscreen from ice or snow, don't use the windscreen wipers to do it. Because as you turn the windscreen wipers on, if they're frozen to the windscreen, you'll actually rip a bit of rubber off the windscreen wipers, a little bit of rubber off the windscreen wipers, and you'll destroy the wipers and they won't work effectively. So the the trick really, get up 10 minutes early if the forecast is for is for adverse weather and give yourself time to get the vehicle defrosted properly. So you're not tempted to, to take a shortcut or drive off without clear vision. Um, I was I was reading the AA's advice on winter driving, um, and the phrase they use is "Don't drive off like a tank commander with just a little, you know, letterbox of vision in front of well, you." Um, yep. Um, I used to be a retained firefighter, and the the alert I used to have with you to go off any time, day or night, and it was if you knew it was going to be inclement weather or icy or whatever, I always put a, something over the windscreen. But if you didn't, you got caught out. Um, the, the change of um, sunlight coming up, where you normally the temperature drops in, initially, and you get that frozen. The times I've gone up the road with a tiny little windscreen to get on that fire engine as quickly as possible, I'm thinking, how stupid am I? I could be causing the next accident, and I'd be coming to me. Yes. Um, take your time. And it isn't just clearing your windscreen either, as it totally is. Let's make sure your lights are clear, because it's most probably very dark out there. Make sure your roof isn't covered in snow. Just sweep it off because nothing worse traveling behind a car and all of a sudden a great big lump of snow comes flying towards you. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So you do clear the snow off, but also in the winter, you get a lot of muck over the lights and number plates and that kind of stuff. So really important to, you know, to, to clean the vehicle several times um, during the week. And don't forget you can be fined for not cleaning your number plate because it needs to be identified. Yeah. But also, you know, in, in on winter driving, all the salt in the road that's getting over your car, truck, whatever, um, is is quite corrosive. So, you know, again, important to, to wash that down. Yeah, very, very much so. Something I've always had the good habit of looking at your tyre depth. Mm. Um, when you come into this time of year, you want good tyre depth. If you're getting down to sort of three millimetre, yes, you've got a little while to go before you need to change those tyres. But is it worthwhile when the roads are icy and everything else out there? They can help the difference of keeping grip and you sliding about. Mm. So, of course, the, you know, the legal minimum tread depth on a, on a light commercial vehicle or a car is 1.6 millimetres and one millimetre on a, on a truck. But, um, but the recommendation is that you'd have three millimetres in, in the winter um, and that um, obviously allows to clear more water through the treads in the tyre, which is obviously what the treads are designed for. Yeah, no, very much so. Better safe than sorry, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Um, another thing to mention is snow chains. So, um, you know, there are parts of the UK, you know, that, that will have enough snow to justify the use of snow chains, but really important that you take the snow chains off when you're not driving on the snow, as it will wreck the road if you do. 
So some operators um, will specify, um, they could specify winter tyres in the winter, but generally they, they might go for all season tyres, which is a uh, sort of a compromise compound uh, for, for both conditions. Okay, so, so we've got the vehicle checked. Um, we've taken all the um, kind of precautions that we need to do. But what about driving the vehicle then, Gary? Well, I always thought I was a good driver. And the last couple of times we've had some snow, I've got to say, I realise I'm nowhere near as good as I thought I was, or if I was ever that good, because <laughs> um, I'm not used to it anymore. I'd most probably brake too hard. I'd pull away revving too much and things like that. Mm. And I've just got to remember and, and change my driving style to suit it. Yeah, that's right. The, the, the key for driving in uh, slippery conditions is about smoothness, uh, gentle acceleration, gentle braking, giving yourself more time and space to brake, giving yourself you know, more time to accelerate. And because, because you might have less grip in the winter, the gear that you pull away in can matter. So in a you know, light commercial vehicle or a car, you might choose to pull away in second instead of first. In a truck, you might choose to go one gear higher from your normal pull away gear just to try and prevent wheel spin. The biggie, though, if you've got icy conditions, is about the um, the following distance. So we've talked previously about the two-second rule as a safe following distance. We know we need to double that to four in the wet. But in icy conditions, we need to increase that to 10 seconds as a following distance. So that's when the vehicle in front passes a fixed object. If you can't count 10 seconds before you arrive at that fixed object, then you're too close to the vehicle in front. 10 seconds is a long time. But if you have to put your brakes on, you'll lock up, you'll slide down the road, even if you've got ABS on and so on, it'll just pump away. It won't stop any quicker. You've got to give yourself that time to be able to stop without going the back of another vehicle. Yeah. So another thing to think about is visibility. And of course, uh, you'll have uh, rear high intensity fog lights. Some vehicles will have front fog lights, but not all. And it's about when you use those and when you don't use them as importantly. So if if it's, if there's poor visibility, you should have those on. Um, and that, of course, makes your, your vehicle easier to see for those around you. So the rule in the highway code is that if visibility is less than 100 metres, then you would use those lights. But if the visibility improves, it's really important to turn them off. And the reason is that the intensity of those fog lights, when you put your brakes on, because the fog lights are so bright, you can't actually see the brake lights. And so the person following you, as, as well as being dazzled by those bright lights, won't actually see when you're braking. You're right, Tony, on talking about how you see in the snow and so on. So if you're driving in heavy snow and you put your main beam on, it can dazzle you and come back. It just reflects straight back off the snow, which is really off-putting. Mm. So just slow down, keep your windscreen wipers on and keep them front and rear fog lights on because your visibility is support. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But turn them off when it clears. Yeah. Um, and another thing is about route planning. So you might have you know different ways that you might go from A to B. But generally speaking, in poor weather, the best route to take is the most major route. And the reason for that is, is the one that's most likely to be gritted um, because of traffic on that route will help keep that the you know, snow and ice clear. Yeah. Um, when I come into work, I get onto the A14 quite quickly. But in the bad weather, I go a slightly different route onto it to what I normally would do. It's two miles longer. But I know I'm going to get onto the A14 where good chance that's been gritted. 
there's plenty of other vehicles on there clearing the snow and it's just better safe than sorry. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Do you think I should do the story about driving into my kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on, t- t- tell the story and I'll tell you if we should do it. <laughs> so I think the, um, you know, the, the thing to say here is kind of, do as I say, not as I do, because I, I I was a um, a victim of my own lack of talent um, um, a few years ago. So January seventeen, I um, I came home. I had a I had a four wheel drive uh, car at the time, and um, my drive slopes down towards my house, and it was very snowy. and And I drove home from work, got home about uh, half five in the evening, and there was. Um, maybe one or two inches of snow on the drive, which hadn't been gritted, and 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 I thought to myself, and, and this is my stupidity. I thought to myself, what I should do is park at the top before the slope goes down, so that I can get out easily in the morning. And then I thought, right, well, I'll just pop down to the bottom um, in front of the house to turn around, so I can come back up to park at the top. Um, not really thinking that through. So as I've gone down the slope of the drive, I've touched the brakes. And as you said earlier, the ABS kicked in straight away and I could hear it and I could feel it. But no matter what I did, no matter what I did with the steering wheel, no matter if I came off the brakes and back on, the car just went straight on towards the house. And my wife was at the kitchen window um, and she's she said to me afterwards, oh, she thought, Tony's home. And then she thought, Oh, Tony's really home. And then she dived out the way um, as the car just slammed into the wall of the kitchen um, and pushed the wall of the house in, uh, timber frame, pushed it in by about a foot, smashed up the front of the car, obviously. Um, and all the cabinets in the kitchen, uh, the contents just 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 went across the uh, across the kitchen found the teapot uh, the complete other side of the kitchen you know um just 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 smashed everything um so really really lucky she dived out the way um really really silly on my part um and just hadn't thought it through but it just shows how dangerous it can be in in those kind of conditions yep you were in a four before as well so mm-hmm. it's not if you were in a normal car you thought oh i can do a do that a four before will get me out of trouble and it doesn't always got me into trouble Gary (laughs) (laughs) so the the moral of this story is grit your drive and blame your wife for not grit your drive (laughs) no not at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it could have been it could have been so much more serious than it was you know at the end of the day it was just a bit of inconvenience and insurance um could have been so much more serious so yes, I mean, yeah, don't don't take these conditions lightly. Yes, um, I've been around yours for a couple of videos we've done in the past, Tony, and I've seen how steep your drive is, and I think it was scary for you, but even more scary for your wife. Mm, yes, yes. So Gary, great speaking to you again. Yes, and I hope there's some good hints and tips out there, not just for HGV drivers, but for all drivers, how to go out there and drive better in the winter conditions. Mm, yes uh, be uh, be careful out there so um so thank you for listening um if you've enjoyed it please do rate review and subscribe and we'll look forward to speaking to you soon stay safe everyone
you've been listening to the driver hire podcast and thank you very much and as goodbye from myself gary riches at the colchester office and from me tony gosher from the croydon and sutton office if you'd like to get in touch with us along with all the other driver hire offices you can find us at driverhire.co.uk thank you very much for your time bye-bye